This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Most Holy Trinity A reading from the book of Proverbs Thus says the wisdom of God, The Lord possessed me, the beginning of His ways, the forerunner of his prodigies of long ago. From of old I was poured forth, at the first before the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth, when there were no fountains or springs of water, before the mountains were settled into place, before the hills I was brought forth. While as yet the earth and fields were not made, nor the first clods of the world. When the Lord established the heavens, I was there, when he marked out the vault over the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he fixed fast the foundations of the earth, when he set for the sea its limit, so that the water should not transgress his command. Then I was beside him as his craftsman, and I was his delight day by day, playing before him all the while, playing on the surface of his earth, and I found delight in the human race. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm O Lord, our God, how wonderful your name in all the earth. O Lord, our God, how wonderful your name in all the earth. When I behold your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you set in place, what is man that you should be mindful of him, or the son of man that you should care for him? O Lord, our God, how wonderful your name in all the earth. You have made him little less than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him rule over the works of your hands, putting all things under his feet. O Lord, our God, how wonderful your name in all the earth. All sheep and oxen, yes, and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fishes of the sea, and whatever swims the paths of the seas. O Lord, our God, how wonderful your name in all the earth. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we even boast of our afflictions, knowing that affliction produces endurance, and endurance proven character and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. But when he comes the Spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. 
He will not speak on his own, but he will speak what he hears and will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine, and for this reason I told you that he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carla, before we start our commentary today, a most important commentary, I do want to bring up two uh, events of note coming up this week. Uh, June 13th is the feast day of St. Anthony of Padua. Uh, He was born in 1195 in Portugal, uh, died in 1231 in Italy. He was actually canonized one year after his death, and he was a Franciscan friar, a doctor of the church, a patron of the poor, and also people think about praying to St. Anthony for the return of lost items. So again, what a wonderful day to then maybe read a little more in depth about, about his life. Good, good idea. And uh, something more uh, domestically related, uh, June 14th, is Flag Day. So we, uh, of course, I encourage everyone to have a love of God primarily, but also a love of country. So June 14th is a wonderful day to celebrate uh, what a, really a gift we have in this country. So on to the, <laughs> the most holy trinity. Now, <laughs> now, we know that actually the word trinity doesn't appear in scripture, Um, But we do know that the word trios was first found in some works of Theophilus of Antioch about AD 180. He spoke of the Trinity of God, the Father, his word, and his wisdom. Ah. And that's actually what we're going to talk about in our first reading today. All right. And so anyway, help us out a little bit here, Carla, about oh, the Trinity. <laughs> simple concept. Right. Right. Glad you asked. Well, in, you know, nine, in nine minutes. We got eight yeah. more minutes. Okay. Tell sure. about the Trinity. <laughs> well, belief in the Trinity is paramount to the foundation of Christianity. And this mysterious truth tells us that in the unity of the Godhead, there is only one God, but three divine persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that these three persons, though only one God, are truly distinct from one another. The doctrine of the Trinity is a mystery and a matter of faith. And this is a faith that begins to take shape the moment a person's decision is made to take that chance and believe. This is a choice that every Christian has had to make, whether or not to accept it or reject it, whether to believe or not believe. Mm-hmm. And there was a Saint Elizabeth of the Trinity who certainly did believe, and she was quoted as saying this, Oh, my three, my all, my beatitude, infinite solicitude, immensity in which I lose myself. Bury yourself in me that I may bury myself in you until I depart to contemplate in your light the abyss of your greatness. Mm, beautiful. St. Elizabeth of yeah. Trinity. That was That's a beautiful quote. Yeah, and, and as we move into the uh, Trinitarian uh, readings today, we're going to start with the book of Proverbs. And oh, they're all so powerful. Yes, they, they are, yes, aren't they? Yeah. And, and here we actually see how wisdom, God the Holy Spirit. Remember, um, we had uh, Theophilus talk about the God the Father, his word, and his wisdom, right? right? That's what we're going to talk about today. Wisdom is personified, and wisdom it's himself is speaking here. It says, thus says the wisdom of God. And in the first section here, it really discusses the deep union and oneness with God before anything existed, that oneness of the wisdom and of God, and how wisdom was present 
before the beginning. Then the second part of this reading is then wisdom's role in creation. When the Lord established the heavens, I was there. When he made firm the skies, I was there. When I was beside him as his craftsman. I love that word, right? You think about someone who's a craftsman today, you know, creating things that are so unique and of such high quality, right? Mm -hmm. Just just a beautiful way to to use that word. And then in, in the end, it says, and I found delight in the human race. You know, I love how the theology of the body talks about how our bodies reveal God. We are persons with a body and how wisdom was formative through beginning, before mm-hmm. the beginning, and then, of course, in its role, in his role in creation. Made in his own image and likeness. Yes, amen yeah, to that. Yeah. Beautiful reading. Yeah. And, you know, believers can see the evidence of God's existence in nature. But there are those who do reject God, claiming that their rejection is based on the fact that there's no way to scientifically prove that God exists. When in reality, there is scientific evidence to prove God's existence. And there is none whatsoever to prove that there is no God. The law of thermodynamics was first introduced in the mid-1800s, which, simply put, presents the argument that energy cannot produce energy. Energy simply changes forms. In other words, the exact same amount of energy is always present in the universe. It is simply transformed into other kinds of energy. Under this law of nature... The only way to explain the existence of anything is to recognize that something or someone who existed before creation, outside of creation and not subject to the law of thermodynamics, caused everything within the created universe to exist. Mm -hmm. And, And that goes back, I think, to your opening comments earlier about how we have to make that decision whether we believe in this trinity or not. Yes. And and what a beautiful, you know, physical explanation you gave of that. Yeah. 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 So it, it's not beautiful. Far, not far-fetched at all. And, and I yeah. think that, you know, the more, at least my opinion, is the more we unveil the mysteries of science, the more we really see the beauty of God and his creation. The better really. proof there is of God. Yeah, it is beautiful. Yeah. 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 Well, let's move to the second reading. This So St. Paul is not always the easiest sort of gentleman to read, right? There were actually, in the lectionary, it's 13 lines long, mm-hmm. and I only found two periods. Yeah. There were only two sentences <laughs> in there. And Who needs punctuation? That's right. Come on. <laughs> Throw a couple semicolons in there. But um, this, and it took me a while, I had to do some reading on this, but this also was a Trinitarian passage, but it, it took me a little while to kind of dig into some of that a little bit. So let me kind of give you the Trinitarian thoughts on this. Uh, first is you have God the Father, how God is the source of salvation, and he has the peace with God. So we see that God the Father there. Then we see the second of the Trinity, peace through Jesus Christ, through his passion, death, and resurrection. So it says here we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith to this grace. So we see that it's his passion, death, and resurrection who has given us that ability, that access, that that you know, conquering of death and evil and opening up of heaven. And then thirdly, at the end, it's the Spirit working in our hearts that enable us to experience this redemption that Christ gives us. That last line, because the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. So a beautiful idea of the Trinity working together and something that wasn't immediately obvious here, but we do see God the Father, 
God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in what St. Paul writes about today. Mm -hmm. And he's also telling us that affliction produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint. And he tells us that this is only possible because the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Suffering is a fact of life. And most of us will do whatever we can to prevent and avoid what St. Paul calls affliction. Separated from God's grace, suffering makes no sense. Suffering for the sake of suffering is senseless. It is through our Lord's passion and death that suffering has not only been justified, but also sanctified. It's called redemptive suffering. And I remember when I was a little girl, my mother would always say, don't waste that pain. Don't waste that hurt. You know, don't let your sufferings go to waste. She taught me the value of uniting my own suffering and pain to the suffering and pain of our Lord on the cross. And some who first hear this concept are surprised Others reject it, claiming that our Lord's suffering was sufficient and lacked nothing, and that's true. But God is so good and loving that when Jesus died on the cross, he left that eternal sacrifice open so that past, present, and future sufferings of all those who love him can be united to Jesus' own suffering. And if we think about what Jesus told those who would be his followers, he said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me. In other words, give everything up and then take up your instrument of torture and come and do what I'm going to do, be crucified. And if there was ever an impact statement, that was it. What else could Jesus possibly have meant other than to be his disciple would mean hardship and suffering? And why would Jesus tell us that we'd need to suffer if suffering had no intrinsic value. Right, and that same Holy Spirit from the book of Proverbs is the same spirit that's at work in our lives today, and I love that. And really, when we see here in the gospel, the equality of the Trinity, everything that the Father possesses belongs to the Son. Everything the Son possesses belongs to the Father. And the Spirit receives from the Father and the Son and declares it to us. And that's that beautiful way you just summarized there. I mean, we're all... We're all at different points in our walk of faith, but let us continue our journey towards the most holy trinity. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.